Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Hey, the glory of God's in this place. I said the glory of God's in this place right now. We, not, we need not be in a hurry. No, you need not bite a second. No, you need not be in a hurry. No, you need not be in a hurry. You need to let my spirit move among the people. Touch their hearts. Go to the point of their need. Bring refreshing and reviving. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lift the heavy burden. Break the yoke. Well, just cast it over on him. For he careth for you. Loves you affectionately. Loves you affectionately. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. Be it aside, my name. For you do not know how good it would do you <laughs> to yield to the example of your brother and just take off and run and show the devil that he is defeated and that Jesus is Lord. Many of my children, even this night, sit at home, wonder where the glory of God is. That which they used to experience in days of old, of crowds of many. But no, the glory's still here. You just need to know where to find it. And you find it within your heart as you worship and glorify and magnify the Lord. So even this night, be encouraged in your own spirit that yes, the yoke is destroyed, the burden is lifted. And the Spirit of God is moving on the inside to bring forth that which you've desired and prayed for, that which you've sought after God for, that which you've stood and would not be denied of. So know this night I'm working mightily on your behalf and the breakthroughs of God shall come upon you like never before because you made a decision to step into places others wouldn't, go places others won't, and do things others wouldn't do. So rejoice in the hand of the Lord being upon you and the favor of God being among you for your day and hour is dawning and you shall see the goodness of your Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, yeah, for there has been an attack, a conspiracy, a plan, and the church has suffered some of its hardest blows in centuries. Some have not withstood. Some did not have the foundation. Others just decided they would wait and see. But no, you decided not to skip a step, not to allow it to push you back, 
but to continue to press in with your worship, your praise, with the Word being taught, with your giving, with your witness, and you shall be rewarded. Do not think for one minute the Lord does not see your heart and does not know that which you desire to happen. So get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Things are fixing to change in a major way. Outpourings and stirrings of God. Oh yeah, you'll see the darkness come. You see it even now. Oh, but in the midst of it, the light shall glow brightly. Oh, in the midst of it, the Spirit shall move mightily. Oh, but in the midst of it, many that were hardened of heart, many that would not turn and hear the glorious news, will turn and come and be fed from the water of life and receive the bread of life and become that which I've destined them to be. Hallelujah. Rejoice, it's harvest time. Oh, we rejoice, it's harvest time. Hear, hear, hear the nations of the world. Hear, hear, hear those that would listen to this which goes out. Hear, hear, hear in your heart and spirit. Oh, there's a change. There's a change. There's a new dynamic in the spirit. That which has been sought after and prayed for. That which is in your heart for you've not given up nor quit. So you get ready. You get ready over there in Europe in the islands and over there in the areas in which you're laboring. Down in the continent of Africa. Over into Australia. Down through Central and South America. Over into Asia. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. For it is time. It is time. It is in the fullness of time these things happen. And the onslaught of the enemy has caused many to be cut away. But you're still here. And you will not waver and you will not fail. So stand strong in the Lord and the power of His might. For oh, I tell you, you'll see you've won this fight. And you'll stand victorious and give Him the glory. And all around they'll hear the story of how those there were those that stood tall and strong upon the word of a mighty God who does not go wrong. And they stood victorious and declared the victory. And everyone was able to look and to see that which the Lord had done through His might, His power, the victory won. So rejoice today. You'll be a part in all that goes on. <laughs> For it'll go on and on and on and on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 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 Whew, glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 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 Whoo, glory to God, glory to God. Be seated just for a moment. Frank, if you'll stay with me here, guys, stay with me. Proverbs, quickly. Praise God. Proverbs 3. Very familiar scripture. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. That's beginning there in verse 3. In all thy ways acknowledge him. He shall direct thy paths. Everybody say thy paths. It says be, not, in thine own, be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord 
and depart from evil. Now notice this. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Now I did some study about that phrase and about how the Word of God works. The navel refers to the connection you used to have with your mother. And how in that connection, what was in her body was in your body. Amen. Now God references that here in the book of Proverbs chapter 3 and he says now the word of God will do exactly the same thing from me to you like an umbilical cord in the spirit. My word's going to be health to your body. And then what does it say? And marrow, marrow to your bones. What does that mean? The marrow of your bones, it was, it's, that's what produces the blood that flows through your body. That's why you ought to always confess that the marrow of your bones are healthy. Some of the most radical diseases and cancers that get into people go into the bone marrow. Amen. Thank God for the technology they have to do uh, transplants and things like that. But thank God for the Word of God. Amen. We can continually have that transplant working on the inside of us. So the emphasis I want to put there is the Word. The Word is working. The Word is working. The Word is working. When you hear it, it's an active force in the spirit realm and it's connected to you like an umbilical cord connected to your mother but it's coming from God and as it flows as you determine how that word flows it begins to bring what development that's exactly what it does development helps you grow in the womb of God we see we're just in the womb of God right now even on this earth even on this earth we'll be birthed into something much more glorious you say pastor you know that sounds like a bunch of pie in the sky it isn't it isn't it's reality we're going to be birthed into something much more glorious. We're going to have glorified bodies, powers of the worlds that literally, listen, that, that, that we can only imagine what that could be. Amen. But in the meantime, we have to live down here on, in the nasty now and now where the curse is still on the earth. And the unique thing about redemption is God made sure there would be a people who could receive his word and act on its power. See, the power's in the word. It's his mighty word of power. His word of power. His word of power. And the word needs to be working mightily in you physically. How does that work? Well, as you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. You believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. I like what uh, Brother Charles Capps called it the spiritual dynamo. I don't know if you've ever seen one of these dynamos that work some of these old rigs and some of these old farm tractors, and it, you got to kind of get it going first. got to prime it, and you get it going, and there's some centrifugal force. There it is right there. Centrifugal force, and that centrifugal force creates a dynamo. The word in your heart and your mouth, 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 in your heart and your mouth. What is it doing? It is journeying, journeying, it is taking the journey from God to you. His word. Why? Because he watches over his word to perform it. Because his word shall not return void. It shall accomplish that word to it is sent. Because his word is life and light and power. Amen? So, the word of God. Now, real quick, you should be right there in chapter 3. Go to chapter 4. I like this. Verse 20, my son or daughter, attend to my words. Everybody say attend. That means give attention to. Now, thank you, Lord, for reminding me of that. When I was praying this afternoon, kind of meditating, I was taking a, took a short nap there and was meditating on the word. And the Lord spoke to me and said, emphasize the word, the word, the word, the word, the word, working in the people and healing them. And so as I was meditating, on, the Lord said, think about right now the drama that is in this world. 
No matter what side you come down on, you got to admit there's a lot of drama going on. Now, what makes it so unique in its, in its application is the volume of information, the words, the words, the words. The airwaves are saturated with the words, the words, the words. I mean, the, the news media is saturated. The Internet is saturated. I mean, it's just the words, the words just bombard. See, the enemy knows the word works. I said the enemy knows that words work. And so we're seeing this great information age in which literally they're mining, uh, literally the minds, the attitudes, and the hearts of men and of this entire iniquitous situation and coming up with all this massive amount of information. Now, if you give attention to that, it's going to overwhelm you. If you give attention to that, it's going to overwhelm you. Well, I believe in this cause and I believe in this party and I believe, no, don't you do that. You won't be able to attend to God and attend to His Word. Don't give attention to the world. Remember Romans chapter 12. Do not be conformed to this world. Be ye transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. Let's say it like this. Focusing, receiving into your heart, and speaking the information of the Word of God in your life on a consistent basis. What's that going to do? It's going to keep you healed. It's going to heal your body. Now, my son, attend to my words. My son or daughter, incline thine ear into it, say, I like one translation said, lean towards with the intent of leaning upon. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of my heart. And the, keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them. Now notice this. And health to all their flesh. Now, I heard a preacher say this years ago. I thought it was good. He said if that was the only healing scripture in the Bible, it would be enough. He said if that was the only healing scripture in the Bible, that would be enough, not only enough, more than enough to destroy any disease, any sickness, heal any injury, destroy any pandemic. Amen? For their life unto them, those that find them, and what health health to all their flesh. The Bible is, I like what Brother Kenneth E. Hagin said, God's medicine. Just as you would take medicine from a doctor and you would take the prescribed amount at the right time, amen, you also should be taking the prescribed amount at the right time. You say, well, how much is that? As much as you can, all you can. I have found out you cannot overdose on the Word. You overcome not overdose. But you can overdose on the information of this world. I mean, I've seen people, I know, I'm dealing with situations right now that people are just went gaga. I mean, they just, this whole thing has just caved their life in. Their emotions, they have these uh, horrible anxiety attacks, can't leave their house. I'm trying to get some of them healed right now. They've, they've been so saturated for, what is it, almost two years now, political and medical and this and that and all. I mean, you can't do that. It's called exposure. What you get exposed to will develop. Now let me say that again. What, what you get exposed to, it's going to develop. So the more you can be exposed to the Word of God, the more the Word of God is going to do what? It's going to grow. It's going to overcome. So mightily grows the Word and prevails. Hallelujah. Now real quick. Okay, we're doing good. In Luke chapter 4, Man, I'm getting fuzzy again. Mm. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yeah, thank you, Father. Verse 33, Luke chapter 4. Now, this is good. And in the synagogue, there was a man which had a spirit of an unclean devil. And he cried out with a loud voice saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know, I know thee, who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him saying, Hold thy peace and come out of him. And when the devil had thrown him in the midst, he came out of him and hurt him not. And they were all amazed, now notice this, and spake among themselves saying, What a word is this? Do you see that? What a word is this? That's the word rhema. What a word is this? Now notice. Let me find it again. For with authority and power he commandeth unclean spirits and they come out. Everybody say, they come out. Now, you have to understand a lot of what you think about Jesus may not have happened the way you imagined it in your mind. Many times it talked about him sending a word. You say, well, what word did he send? Maybe he sent something over in Proverbs that said, my word is health to your, to your navel, strength to, your, uh, strength to your marrow. Amen. Whatever it was, it was the word of God. He was so proficient and it worked so well that a centurion who was a man that understood structure and authority, amen, came to Jesus, felt unworthy and holy and said, all you got to do is send the word. Just send the word. All you got to do is send the word. Just send the word. The Bible says Jesus marveled at his faith. Called it great faith. He said, be it unto you according to, according to the way you have believed. He had so much faith. Now listen to me. All he had to have was a word. Now hold on. He didn't have to have Jesus at his house physically. Or he would have demanded Jesus come to his house. He was a centurion, man of authority. But obviously he had watched this guy. Maybe he was on the detail of investigation or trying to keep the crowds from going crazy or whatever. But he'd watch this guy. And what did he see? What did he see? He saw somebody speaking a word that was having an effect. Amen? Now, the purpose of God bringing salvation to us the way he has so that his spirit might abide in us and be upon us so that the energizing part of that word which is necessary will be in our lives so that when we speak the word, we get the same results. The problem is many times we've allowed the Bible to paint a fantasy in our mind instead of a reality. And we tend to see many times some type of sensational event that may have, happened, that may have taken place when maybe it wasn't as sensational as you thought. Maybe it was supernatural. Amen. And in realizing that, we realize the great privilege, the honor, and the awesome responsibility we have as believers upon the earth that have been commissioned to do what? Commissioned to take that word and go into the world with it. 
Wow. Did you know to this morning people got saved? Did you know? I mean, really saved. Born again. Born again. Someone I had been witnessing to for 10 years got saved today. Came to church and got, that's a miracle. That's what we're praying for. That's what we're believing. The precious souls of men and women, the precious fruit of the earth. And God sees, listen, He sees us going after that, praying, interceding. The Bible says when Zion travails, sons and daughters are birthed into the... Man, if you had not been in any of these prayer meetings, you had not seen any travail. There's some travailing going on. God is moving and stirring in prayer. What's he doing? He's wanting to break off the crust of this old world and this system and allow his glory to come down into this church. But somebody's got to be working on this side. You say, what do we do? We speak the word. We speak the word. We speak the word that he watches over it to perform it. One last scripture real quick and we'll receive communion. Just should be just a couple of pages. Matthew, excuse me, Mark, Mark. Hallelujah. Bible says in Psalms, Mark, the perfect man. I have a pastor, a minister friend named Mark. He says that scripture was written about him. Mark, the perfect man. Verse 19. Chapter 16. Yeah, it helps to have the chapter, doesn't it? I don't know. I just, whew, that anointing is still, still so strong in here. So then after the Lord had spoken, spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven. Everybody say heaven. And he sat down on the right hand of God. Glory to God. And they went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them. Glory to God. The Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. They figured out something about the word. I said they figured out something about the word. So they went everywhere. You know the, the, what we call the, the uh, Great Commission. Go into all the world, preach the gospel. He that believes, be, uh, believes will be saved. He that believes not shall be damned. These signs shall follow them that believe. Cast out devils. Amen. Praise God. Speak with new tongues. Everybody say, speak with new tongues. And also, uh, uh, lay hands on the sick. It says, if we drink any deadly thing. You know, if you really study that, it means any, any deadly thing that comes into your, into your soul. Doctor's report. Banker's report. That don't mean you have to be some kind of a denier. But it definitely means you don't have to take the toxin out of that thing and sit there and dwell on it and die in it. Amen. God gives us a promise. Nowhere in this book did he take that promise back. I said, nowhere in this book does it say he's, he's, he's reneged on that promise, says, I'm not going to do that. That's not going to, he's never done that. He's never done that. That is a sure truth in the word of God. And in reality, we must realize we must realize that as powerful as that word was when Jesus stood on the earth and spoke it, that word is just as powerful in your life. You just have to have the faith to speak it. That's why the study of the word, the meditation of the word, having the word taught to you, and then keeping that constant confession of the word of God going in your life. You know, I don't know if you can tell. I can tell if I miss a couple of days of, of confession. By that third day, I am purposely 
getting alone by myself and taking about an hour confessing the Word and praying in the Spirit. Amen. Most days I like to confess the Word and pray over about uh, over an entire day period, about a two, two hours during the day, at least two hours. You know, you can do that 15, 20 minutes at a time, 30 minutes at a time. I always like to take that hour because there's just something about praying an hour. But I'm telling you, God is stirring our spirits, stirring our hearts, and moving among us in such a mighty way. And it's amazing to me. My thought about that, being caught up in such a great move of God for so many years in, min in our own ministry, huge crowds, huge churches, all that going on, you would have thought, well, that'll just keep growing and going and growing and going and growing, and then it'll get so big, God, Jesus, just come. Did you know that didn't happen at all? Isn't that strange? You know why it didn't happen? Because that's how we had it figured. And I'd hear prophecies. Uh, Papa Ward, we always talk about Papa Ward. He'd always have some prophecy where he would say, you know, everybody thinks it's going to happen with these big stars and these big... He says, it's not. And I used to think, wonder what he's talking about. And I'd even hear things Brother Hagin would prophesy and he'd talk about how the people would be so anointed. Not, not just churches or men, but all the people would be so anointed. It'd be like a huge harvesting, just going out into the harvest and bringing, and everybody anointed to lay hands on the sick and cast out devils and just demonstrate the life and power of God. We've seen it and heard it prophesied for years. But see, we always had it preconceived in our mind that it was going to happen a certain way. That's never happened in the history of the Word of God. So what does God do? I got a call from a guy the other day that I have a lot of confidence in. And he said, the Lord kept speaking a word to me, you know, ref referencing what God was doing here. And what he began to talk about was the, you know, the, the army of Gideon and its reduction for production is how he called it. I had another friend that actually preached a message titled that. But he said this. He said, it's not that God couldn't use 30,000 people. He said it wasn't God that God couldn't use 10,000 people. He said he just couldn't use them for that. He said he just couldn't use them for that. So when it came down to that, he could only use the 300. He said, but in the 300 is where he got the glory. In the 300 is where the miracle was. In the, in the 300, amen, that made the book. See, when you make the book, there's a reason for it. Come on. When you make the book, there should be a reason for it. Hallelujah. Lift your hands one more time. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship you. We glorify your name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Does everybody have a... Uh, Communion. If you don't, raise your hand real quick. An usher will bring you one real quick. One there. Another there. Anyone else? One here, one here. One over there. A couple up here. Amen, amen. Second, First Corinthians. First Corinthians, chapter eleven. Everybody, good. Praise God. 
Communion is so awesome. It's not a ritual, tradition. It's an ordinance in the church. It is much more repetitive than water baptism. I've been water baptized three times, I think, as a child. Then when I came back to the Lord, I got water baptized as soon as I could. You know, we were taught that is, is when we were kids growing up under Brother and Sister Goodwin. They said if you ever get away from the Lord over a period of time, Brother Goodwin said one year. He used a year as a measuring stick. He said it's good to come back Renew yourself and get water baptized again. Just reaffirming your faith. Now that's not in the Bible. But I found it to be a good practice. Then by obeying God and going to Bible school and graduating, I got to get baptized in the Jordan River. Amen? And that was cool. Well, that was real cool. So hallelujah. Thank God for the ordinances of God. This is one. Communion celebrating the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now I'm telling you, when you begin to study the significance of both the broken body, the body that suffered, the body that took the wounds, the body that was bruised, the body that was striped, the body in whom uh, the nails went into the hands and the feet. When you begin to study the aspect and element of that suffering, you'll see that it was all that suffering that Jesus took upon himself so we wouldn't have to do it. The pain your own hands bring, the pain your own feet bring, going in the wrong places, doing the wrong things. All that comes upon man and mankind because of his wretchedness, Jesus was horribly tortured and his body was broken so that we could be free from it. Listen, one of the greatest scriptures of the Bible over in uh, the 2 Corinthians talks about how those that, uh, uh, those that deny the cross, the preaching of the cross, is unto them that perish foolishness. But unto us that are saved, it is the power of God. The preaching of the what? The cross. What happened at the cross? That's where Jesus died, where he was crucified, where he suffered, where his body was broken where his blood was spilled. It's an amazing study to do uh, a, a study of how his blood was spilled. Seven different times the number of God, his blood was spilled, starting in the garden and ending when they stuck that spear in his side. Amen? Very significant. But not only that, although his blood was shed seven times or in seven ways, it was offered once on the mercy seat of God. And when we take communion, we celebrate all of that. Amen? Have you ever watched a rerun of a show that uh, you used to watch maybe back in the, you know, well, I say 60s or 70s. Some of y'all weren't alive then. <laughs> but you ever, ever like something that, I saw an episode of Gilligan's Island the other day. I haven't seen it in probably 30 years. And I'd seen, I bet I'd seen that episode 10 times. But you know, I had forgotten just about everything that was in it. I mean, I recognized the episode by the, by the story plot. But all the little, you know, uh, things that happened in it, I forgot all of that. But you know, the Word of God's not like that. 2,000 years ago, this took place, and it's still just as real and fresh if it happened today. The reality of it is still just as, just like, just like you just, I just saw it. Wow, it's so fresh, it's so real, it's so new. 
because it never gets old. Spiritual things never get old. Let me read the scripture. It says, for I've received of the Lord. That's in verse uh, 23. For I've received of the Lord that which I also delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, everybody say, Lord Jesus. The same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, take, eat this. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this, now notice this, in remembrance of me. Now, many times uh, we just use the word remembrance as referring to what we retain in our memory. But in reality, that word remembrance, if you're a real student of covenant, and you go into that word remembrance in the Greek in this particular setting, you'll begin to see that it's more than just a refreshing of the memory or bringing back to mind of something. It is actually the rehearsal of a previously established reality. Amen? It is a rehearsal of that so that it may be brought to light again and the strength of it may be realized. Whoa, glory to God. So every time we take communion, what are we doing? We are celebrating the reality of what God did for us in Christ through His suffering. And the reality of it becomes real and fresh and new to us. Why? So we can draw off of it for the need that we have. Healing, deliverance, your mind being better or okay. Amen? That's what it's, that's what it's about. That's the fellowship of His suffering. See, we'll go back here in a few moments and we'll fellowship back in the, in the, in the, children, in the children's room back there and we'll, we'll, we'll talk to one another. We'll, we'll fellowship with one another. We'll be around one another. We'll share stories with one another. We'll share life with one another. It'll be an exchange. The fellowship, there's always exchanges in fellowship. Some people have brought food. They brought their food. They're going to exchange. They're going to give it to other people. We don't even think about those things. But that's real. And this word remembrance is like that, going back to the event and fellowshipping in it. He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquity. See, that took place upon his body. The chastisement of my peace was upon him, and by his stripes I am healed. And so when we take communion, we celebrate that. We bring that back up. We refresh that. Hallelujah. Carefully take your top off of your host thank you Lord Jesus she always gets excited at this part <laughs> amen thank you Lord Jesus hold up the host heavenly father tonight we are so thankful Lord we are so thankful Lord that Jesus came to this earth and allowed himself to go through what he went through so that we upon the earth could walk in his victory. Jesus, you allowed your body to be broken. We do not take it for granted. And in great honor of that broken body and all that it means in our life, in its power and manifestation, we break of the bread and receive it in Jesus' name. Now, if you'll carefully... Remove the top of your, of your cup. You know, it's amazing how religion has added such ritual to the communion service. I mean, there are some churches that you go to, they will not let you receive communion. You can tell them, hey, I'm a tongue-talking Holy Ghost run around the church. They'll probably ask you to leave. 
but they've turned communion into a ritual and a tradition because they don't believe in like what I just said about the body. They believe that it happened. Now, don't get me wrong, because we're not against people. We're for them, amen? They don't believe that it did not happen. No, no. They just don't believe that it's relevant to our life today. Yeah, that God did that for us, Jesus. And many of them will, will, will testify, oh yeah, that, that happened. I like to say it like this. That happened, but it's not happening. That happened, but it's not. Oh, where would we be if that were true? Would we ever be in trouble? But I'm telling you, it happened and it's happening. And his blood was shed. He allowed his blood to run down his brow. That crown of thorns, sweat great blots, drops of blood there in the garden. They took a cat of nine tails and laid his back wide open and the blood flowed. They put nails in his hands. They put nails in his feet. They shoved a spear in his side. His blood flowed down onto the ground, onto the earth that he had created. What a day that was. It still affects the hearts of men 2,000 years later. No information on the earth is more powerful. No information on the earth is more sacred. No information on the earth is more holy. No information on the earth is more effective. His lifeblood ran out. He cried out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And that limp, tortured, bloodless body hung on the cross as his spirit man descended into hell itself. But there was a problem with the devil's plan. You see, the ticket to hell is the blood. The blood tainted by the sin of Adam, which flows in the veins of humanity. But a different blood had been shed, which gave God right to invade the region of the dam and send the very Spirit of God into the region of the dam. And the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us because He did raise from the dead and poured His blood on the mercy seat. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that the blood of Jesus was shed for us. Father, we're thankful that it was offered for us. We never take it for granted. It is always precious to us. And as we receive of the cup tonight, we are put in remembrance. We fellowship in that sacrifice, drawing the word of it, the word of it into our lives for healing and health. Healing and health. Receive of the cup, if you will. Thank you, Jesus. Now quickly, while this wonderful presence is here, I wanted to do this. The Lord quickened me to do this. 2 Corinthians 9. We've used this scripture many times. And I've made this statement many times.
But I don't know, the Lord just really quickened it to me tonight. I always like to give in this offering. Verse 8, 2 Corinthians 9, God is able to make all grace abound toward you that ye always having all sufficiency in all things. Now you take that phrase and study that out. You will see that that is a completion. It's actually what we would call the word wholeness. That there would be a wholeness physical wholeness, amen, a financial wholeness, a mental wholeness, a wholeness of purpose. Now, in this giving scripture, because the history of the scripture is a, is a great famine began to happen in Jerusalem and Judea and that area. And Paul was sending letters to churches as he would go down his route, his itinerary, and he would exhort them to give toward the relief of those Christians in in Jerusalem and Judea so that they would have food to eat. Now, not only that, the Philippian church initiated giving toward him also without his solicitation. They actually, we see in the Bible two different times, Paul referenced that they gave an offering to him. Now, this same man, the apostle Paul, God used to write 2 Corinthians obviously saw something in the Spirit and knew something by the grace of God that giving can unlock the grace of God for whatever you need in the realm of wholeness. So I've done, I've done it ever since we've, we've done I've left my checkbook at home tonight because uh, you were going to write someone a check. I've forgotten about it. But I'll put a check in tomorrow before they count it. Because I like to, I do this every, every communion. Now, I've mentioned it from time to time and talked about it, but do you ever in reality do that? Where you make a decision to say, you know, Lord, I'm sowing this tonight because I need some grace right here. The Bible says we must do what? Cry grace into the mountain. Jesus said in Mark chapter 11, we have to speak, we have to say to the mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast in the sea, shall not doubt in our heart. Believe those things which you say which should come to pass. Amen. There we go, right back to the word. Right back to the word. Right back to the word. See, so as you give tonight, and I'm getting in on this, we're going to declare, and whatever it is in your life, you, maybe it's grace for your health. Maybe it's grace for actually you need a breakthrough financially. Maybe a job. Maybe a decision you're making. Maybe there's been some oppression on your mind trying to cause you to be depressed. Well, you can't. We're just taking the offering. Remember, this is not an offering. We said that this morning. This is not a charitable donation to the church. There's something much more spiritual that goes on when people understand the Word of God. It's not just talking about money, talking about money. No, what we're doing is we're trying to get you to see there are ways in which your giving is a release of your faith toward whatever you may need for God, from God. Because He said, I'm going to make all grace abound towards you. So whatever it may be, whatever it may be, man, I've, I, Lord have mercy. I've sown so much towards, towards so many different things targeted. Lord, I, I need grace. I need grace. I need grace in this area. And I'm telling you, it, it, God is faithful to do that. Amen? Let me say this also. In the time period it takes to go through that process, there's also a grace to do it. If there's not a grace to do it, then it's not faith. 
He said, well, Pastor, you know, five years ago I gave to a missions project and I'm telling you, I'm still waiting for it to come in. You missed it. Now, don't dig your seed up. Go back and thank God for the seed that you planted it in the good soil of your heart that it's going to produce grace in this area of my life because I need grace in this area. Amen? Hallelujah. Everybody got it? You got what you need grace for? So I'll give you an opportunity. Say this out loud to me. Heavenly Father, right now, I recognize... Offering time is a spiritual time. Time of worship, time of obedience, a time of sowing, and a time of believing. So tonight, Lord, according to your word, there's power in your word. I speak your word. I'm giving. According to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, I need grace. Now tell him where you need grace. Tell him where you need grace. Just tell them in your heart where you need grace. Now say it again. I need grace. I need grace. And I believe. I receive grace in the area in which I mentioned in my heart. Thank you, Father. Your word is working mightily, releasing its power and bringing grace into my life. Now thank him for it. Thank him for it. Just thank Him for it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I watched, and oh, time's up. We're six minutes over. You'll be all right. I can hear stomachs growling all over the church. I watched in amazement because, you know, when we were kids growing up at the Goodwins Church, they just got up and received tithe and offering, never talked about it. They never said anything. They just got up and said, we're going to receive the tithes and offering." missionary would come, they'd say, we receive missionary offering. They never said anything about the Bible says. You know, people were just faithful to do it. It was kind of like a Pentecostal tradition to give. Then you had guys like Brother Hagen and Brother Oral Roberts and then Kenneth Copeland and people that begin to teach and preach on prosperity. Man, we begin to see some things in the Word of God that other generations did not see. Now, of course, you know, anytime something new like that comes, it'll, it'll have a tendency to go in the ditch on one side or the other, and, and prosperity did on both sides. There were those that totally rejected it, said it was other than that devil, other that, others that thought that was the gospel. Well, it's not the gospel. The gospel is Jesus. Amen? But the good news is we, we saw it works. I watched Brother Osteen in amazement and, and, and how spiritual the offerings were there at Lakewood Church in that day. He never took it for granted that, that, that people were just there to, you know, put some money in. He always made it something real spiritual. The, one of the most outstanding was he took an offering based on Luke chapter 5 about, about the, uh, the fisherman, you know, going, Jesus taking them back out and told him cast out their net. And he, he said he stopped about three quarters of the way through the thought, about a five-minute, seven-minute thing he was talking about. And he stopped and said, now, wait a minute, wait. He says, you know, the anointing just fell for people to get saved. And he kind of mentioned something he'd said about uh, Peter. He says, if that's you, just come on down. Sixteen people got saved. Pastor Osteen taking an offering. I stood there with my mouth open. I mean, people got gloriously saved right there at the altar. Somebody taking an offering. Well, thank God the Word of God is sure. And everything we do, we tie it to the Word. 
and that gives it its spiritual essence. That's why it doesn't feel bad, it feels good. It's always good to be obedient. Amen? Praise God. Why don't you come? Give your offerings. Well, before we do that, I'll tell you what I do. I'll pray over our week and the food. Our week and the food. Don't forget Thursday night, our, I mean uh, Wednesday night, our special Thanksgiving Eve service we always have where we're thankful. So maybe think of something you're thankful about. I might call on you to tell you, tell me how thankful you are. Amen? Praise God. Father, thank you tonight for our time of fellowship. Thank you for our food. Thank you that you bless our bread, our water. You take all symptoms and sickness from the midst of us. Fathers, we fellowship tonight. You said that our fellowship activates the blood of Jesus, cleanses us from all sin and unrighteousness. So we thank you, Father, as we fellowship one with another tonight. We are able to be a blessing and that not only that, we're an encouragement one to another. Thank you, Father, for our week. We declare no evil befalls us. No plague comes to our dwelling place. In all of our travels, in all of our work, we declare no accidents, no trauma, no terror, no evil plans of wicked men or the devil himself. We stand against the flu and colds and COVID, all other kind of craziness. We thank you, Father, that we're surrounded by the angelic host and covered by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let our witness be strong, Father. Give us the signs and the wonders and miracles. Let our lives, you said there'd be a generation on this earth who would be for signs and wonders in their generation. Thank you, Father. That's us. We receive it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, as we leave tonight. We love you so much. Thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for the service tonight. Lord, you've refreshed us, strengthened and restored us. Oh, you've encouraged us. Your word has been in manifestation all night long. We're so thankful. Thank you, Father. As we leave tonight, we walk in love one toward another. Thank you for a spirit of unity, the bond of peace. We thank you, Lord. Here at Island Church, we are covered by the blood, empowered by the word, and anointed by the Holy Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah.